0: what's up everybody welcome back to the martian mma podcast i am your host and my name is john and this week we are back to analyze the ufc card going down tomorrow night may 8th 2021 headline by marina rodriguez versus michelle Waterson. this 10 fight card will take place from the ufc apex in las vegas nevada which means it will take place in the small ufc cage i am recording this right after the weigh-ins and sadly we did lose two fights on the scales this morning Felipe Lins and Ryan Benoit were not able to make weight, so two fights got canceled, but we still have 10 fights going forward on this card. And just a quick recap of last week, I did go 7-3-1 on podcast picks last week and profit 1.7 units on my Bet MMA tips page. It should have been 8-2-1 with a little more profit, but the judges, sadly, did not give Kaikamaka that decision. Second week in a row, we lost some profit on a bad decision by the judges, but that happens in MMA, something you got to be prepared for. And uh, that's going to do it for the recap of last week. Let's get right into the first of these 10 fights going out tomorrow night. In the welterweight division, we have Carlton Harris as the minus 170 favorite, taking on Christian Aguilera as the plus 145 underdog. I think that where the line's at now is pretty accurate. I actually jumped in on this Harris price early. I have two units tracked on Harris at the minus 115 price tag, so I beat the line by a lot. If you were able to follow me on Bet MMA tips, you got an email a few weeks ago when I tracked that. And hopefully you were able to get in at that early price as well. Because I do think this is a good matchup for Harris. Harris is making his UFC debut, but he's a good grappler. He shoots a high amount of takedowns. He's good on top. He can keep top position, and he has good submissions as well. He's a decent striker. He knows his limits on the feet. He doesn't try to do too much, and Christian Aguilera is just a really bad defensive grappler. He's a decent offensive striker, but he's not really good when he's being pressured. He's not good at stopping takedowns. And he's not good in bottom position. That was proven in his last fight against Sean Brady. He was taken down a few times in that fight and eventually submitted in round two, so I think Harris has a good chance of replicating that game plan he's going to look to pressure aguilera take him down and out grapple him and i think he does have success doing so the only way i see aguilera winning the fight is likely by a knockout in the first round because aguilera slows down And even on the feet, he's not that great of a striker. So I think Harris is able to avoid that early knockout from Aguilera, take him down, and likely submit him in the last two rounds. So I'm going to go with Harris, round two submission as my pick. And once again, I do have two units tracked on Harris at this minus 115 price tag. So I like him a lot here, and the pick is Harris submission. The next fight takes place in the middleweight division. We have Tafon Shukui as the minus 139 favorite, taking on Junyun Park as the plus 119 underdog. This line is a bit wide to me, I kept this fight closer to 50-50, so you get that plus money on Park at plus 120, plus 130, I think that he's the side to be on and he's probably worth a bet. I do have a bet tracked on Park at plus 132 for .75 units, I tracked that yesterday, and I still think at plus 120 there is some value left on Park. Chukui looks like a solid striker, and honestly, I was pretty impressed with his UFC debut against Pickett. Even though Pickett's not a high-level opponent, he still had very good output, very good cardio, was outstriking Pickett for all three rounds of that fight. But honestly, Chukui's power is not that great, and it was very evident in that fight. I mean, he was whooping Pickett's ass for the full 15 minutes and was still not able to finish him. So that's a bit of a concern. Chukui is not the hardest hitter. And I would also say that Chukwe's defensive grappling is fairly untested. We did see him stuff some weak takedowns from William Knight, who we know is not a great fighter, and he was able to defend those takedowns and defeat Knight, but Chuqui has not really faced a good wrestler, and Park has solid wrestling. He shoots a good amount of takedowns. He took down Marc-Andre Bayoud a lot of times. He took down Phillips a lot. He can stay in top position. He can use some ground and pound, maybe attempt some submission. So I think Park is pretty solid on top, and he attempts enough takedowns that I think that he's going to shoot some takedowns here. But even if the fight stays in the feet and these two are striking, Park is a good boxer. He has solid output. He comes forward. He's going to pressure his opponents. And he's pretty tough on the feet as well. So I think Park is going to compete on the feet. Even though I do give a slight striking advantage to Chukui here, he just has the more varied offense. And as I mentioned, I was impressed with Chukui's output, so he should be able to keep up with that striking output over three rounds. But if Park mixes in some takedowns here, I think that the fight is probably going to go his way. And I think that I'm going to be siding with Junyuan Park in this fight. I think he's going to compete in the striking, his boxing might have some success, and he's going to mix in some level changes and take down Chukui might be underestimating Chuqui a bit here, he might be steadily improving, I mean the guy is only 5 fights into his MMA career, so he might surprise us with better takedown defense than what he's shown on tape, but I think Park's more experienced and he should have the grappling advantage here, and at plus 130, I'm down to throw a small bet on Park here, and I'm picking him to win the fight by decision. The next fight takes place in the featherweight division, we have Ludovic Klein as the minus 250 favorite, taking on Mike Trezano as the plus 210 underdog. Right off the bat, I think this line is wide. I think that Klein should be the favorite, maybe 63, 65% favorite, but where it's at now, minus 250, I think the line is wide, and Trezano probably deserves a small bet at this plus 210 price. Klein is a very fun fighter to watch. He's a very powerful striker, very accurate with his strikes. And he's on a pretty good win streak right now with a lot of knockouts, a lot of head kick knockouts. So I think Klein is definitely the more popular fighter. He might be getting a little over-respected in the betting lines as a result of that. And we got Trezano who's coming off a two-year layoff. His last fight was against Grant Dawson. He was submitted in that fight, but he's had two years to, to get better. He trains at Tiger Shulman, which is a very good gym. Jimmy Rivera, Shane Burgos, Lyman Good, a lot of good... UFC fighters trained at that gym, so I have no doubt that Trezano has gotten better as a, as a fighter. And I do have some concerns over Klein striking. Even though he is a very powerful, precise striker, he's a bit limited in his offense. He throws mostly one-twos, straight punches, mixes it up with that left head kick. And I don't think he's that varied of a striker. He's had some good success with those limited tools, but I don't think he's fought that high-level opponents. And I think that he's a bit untested uh, in terms of opposition and latent fights. And I think that Trezano is gonna give him a very tough test. I definitely favor Klein in round one when he still has all that power behind his strikes, but if the fight gets into rounds two and three and Trezano is able to survive, I think that kind of favors Trezano, who I've seen pretty good cardio from. We've seen him have good round threes in some decision fights of his. We've also seen uh, Trezano mix it up with some takedowns at times. We have seen Klein taken down a lot in his regional footage. He gets taken down. He's not the greatest off his back as well, so I think if Trezano is not really things aren't going his way on the feet, I think we're gonna see Trezano look to mix in some takedowns as well, where he should have a grappling advantage. So considering that I think that Trezano will compete in the striking, has good cardio to go the full 15 minutes, and has a possible grappling advantage here, I think that Trezano is the side to be on in terms of the betting line, where it's at now. As I mentioned earlier, I could agree with Klein, minus 170, minus 190, but minus 250 I think is getting a little out of hand, and the value is on Trezano here. And in terms of pure pickos, I'm gonna be making a bit of a bold prediction and picking the biggest underdog on the card, Mike Trizano, to pull off the upset, likely via decision. I know the Klein is an exciting, fun striker, very powerful in round one, but I'm kind of willing to fade that round one knockout type of style. I'm impressed with uh, Mike Trezano. I like what I saw from him two years ago. I like Tiger Shulman Jim a lot. I'm sure he's made improvements over those two years. And I'm trusting that grappling and cardio advantage in rounds two and three to pull off the upset victory here. So bold pick, biggest underdog on the card, but I'm picking him to win. Trezano, decision is the pick. The next fight takes place in the middleweight division. We have Kyle Dockhouse as the minus 130 favorite, taking on Phil Hawes as the plus 110 underdog. I think this line is pretty accurately priced, I agree with Dockhouse being in the 55 to 60% range, but I'm a bit hesitant to play him pre-fight, mostly because Phil Hawes is very aggressive in the first half of the fight, it's pretty clear that Hawes has some cardio issues and slows down in the second half of the fight, but in round 1, the first half of round 2, he's aggressive, he has some pressure striking, he can hit takedowns, he's a solid wrestler. So I would say it's likely that Phil Hollis wins round one here, but it's almost guaranteed that he's going to slow down past that seven or eight minute mark. Unless he's drastically improved his cardio in the past few months, then I'm pretty sure he's going to slow down. And the second half of the fight, round two, round three, is going to favor Cobb Dockhouse, especially round three. Dockhouse's cardio has looked very good. His Stolfoots fight, he was dominant throughout that entire fight. In round three versus Brendan Allen, he was competitive. So it seems pretty clear that Dockhouse has the cardio advantage. But even early on in the fight, I don't think that Hollis has any tremendous advantages over Dockhouse. I think the striking will be competitive. Hollis tends to march forward without the best defense. We saw Imoval boxing him up with that southpaw boxing of his. And Dockhouse has pretty decent southpaw boxing as well. So we might see Dockhouse landing some punches on the way in Dockhouse has the takedown defense, the stuff that takedowns. He's got good jujitsu to escape bottom. So I do like Kyle Dockhouse to win this fight. It's just a matter of when you want to bet him. Do you want to make a bit of a gamble and bet him pre-fight and hope that he survives round one and comes back in rounds two and three? Or do you maybe want to wait and try to live bet Kyle Dockhouse, see how Phil Hall's is doing in the first few minutes, and if Hall's is slowing down like he typically does, look to slam that Kyle Dockhouse live line. Personally, I lean towards the live bet. I think that I'm going to look to see how Dockhouse is doing in the first few minutes but before round one ends I think that that's the time to enter in on that Dockhouse live bet. Hawes is going to start to slow down in round two and by round two the price on Dockhouse is probably in the minus two or three hundred range so I would recommend the live bet on Kyle Dockus here and I'm picking him to win by either round three finish or decision. I think round three could get pretty dominant for Dockhouse. Uh, Hawes got ten-eated by evolve in the last fight and was almost finished in that fight so I think it's Pretty possible that we could see Dockhouse finish this fight in round 3. So maybe stab on some Dockhouse round 2 round 3 props and look to live bet Kyle Dockhouse here. If you don't have access to live bets, I would say there is still some slight value on Dockhouse. I'm just hesitant to play that because I have access to the live bets. So a bit of a long-winded analysis, but I'm picking Dockhouse to win the fight uh, by round 3 finish. The next fight takes place in the women's strawweight division. We have Amanda Ribas as the minus 185 favorite, taking on Angela Hill as the plus 160 underdog. I'm a huge Angela Hill fan, but I'm always reluctant to pick her against good grapplers. I picked against her in the College of Gedalia fight. But in that fight, she did show good improvements in her takedown defense. She was taken out and put in side control by Gedalia, but was able to stand up by the end of the round. And in the Michelle Watterson fight, we saw... Hill stuffed a lot of takedowns from Waterson, so it's clear that Hill is improving her takedown defense, improving her bottom game. But again, I'm still reluctant to pick her against Reboss. It's not like Reboss is some insane, reliable grappler, but she does shoot takedowns in most of her fights. She does have a decent arsenal of takedowns. Nothing's the prettiest, but she can shoot lower-level takedowns. She can use some judo to get some takedowns as well. And we have seen her take down Paige Van Zandt and Random Marcos. She even took down Marina Rodriguez and was keeping top position, but that performance against Rodriguez was really weird. She took her down, didn't pass her guard for three minutes, and then in round two, got hit with a straight right hand and got knocked out in round two. And that's actually the second time that Rebos has been knocked out in women's MMA. Poliana Viana knocked her out on the regionals, and Rodriguez was able to knock her out as well. So I guess it is a bit of a concern over Rebos' chin. She might have some chin issues, but it's not like Angel Hill is the hardest hitter either. But Angela should definitely be the more skilled and effective striker of the two, I trust Hill's output on the feet a lot more, Hill has outstruck better opponents in the UFC, and not that long ago, Rebos was having some competitive striking with Random Marcos, and I don't really think Rebos is great anywhere, she's kind of an underwhelming striker, she's got decent wrestling, decent top pressure, but I have seen enough consistent grappling from Rebos to pick her to win this fight, I'll definitely be cheering for my girl Angela Hill to pull off the upset victory, but she's gonna have to stuff takedowns, escape bottom, and outstrike reboss in this fight. So it's a lot. It's a tough task for her. She could win the fight, but I think the Angela Hill is likely a better live bet. I mean, if you look at the Claudia Gadelia fight, Hill was a plus 500 underdog after round one, getting taken down and losing the round to Gadelia, but then Hill was still fresh and was able to outstrike Gedalia in rounds two and three. So a similar thing could happen here. If you like Hill, I would likely look to to better in the live lines as far as bets concerning rebos go i think the money line is accurately priced i wouldn't really be in a rush to bet rebos's money line but rebos's submission prop is probably worth a stab if Reboss is winning the fight she's going to be grappling and the submission at plus 400 will probably look live but i don't think that she's going to submit hill actually i think this fight is either going to be a 29 28 decision for either woman and i'm going to be picking amanda Reboss by decision uh to win the fight the next fight takes place in the lightweight division we have gregor gillespie as the minus 170 favorite taking on carlos diego ferreira as the plus 145 underdog so i have to mention that diego ferreira did miss weight for this fight he weighed in at 160.5 so a big weight miss 4.5 pounds I've said this about weight misses on the podcast before, but I'll say it again. When a fighter misses weight by a half a pound, one pound, it likely means they really diminished their body to make that weight. They tried as hard as they can, but they still couldn't make the weight. But when a fighter misses weight by two, three, four, four and a half pounds in this case, it likely means they stopped trying pretty early on and didn't really deplete themselves as much as they should have. So 4.5 pounds, it seems bad, but honestly, I think that it's probably not the worst thing for Carlos Diego Ferreira. Luckily Gillespie accepted the fight he hasn't fought in about 18 months so he's very anxious to fight so luckily we're still getting this good matchup but I have to say that if Gillespie beats Ferreira it would be his best win by a pretty wide margin so I think that this is one of the best opponents that Gillespie has ever fought and I think it's going to be a very tough test because Gillespie is going to be looking to wrestle in this fight he looks to wrestle in most of his fights. The only fight where Gillespie didn't wrestle was his last fight where he got knocked out by Lee. So it's very likely that Gillespie gets back to his roots, gets back to the wrestling here, but he's going to have a tough time taking CDF down because Ferreira has great takedown defense and he also has incredible jiu-jitsu. So even if he gets taken down, he can scramble, he can attack submissions, he can hit sweeps, and he's just a very hard fighter to hold down. We saw that in his last fight against Benio Daryush. He got taken down a few times by Darush, but he was able to get back up to the feet in most of those grappling exchanges. And I think that Darush is a better grappler than Gillespie. He's not a better wrestler, but in terms of better overall grappling, better jujitsu control Benil Daryush is the better grappler than Gillespie so if Darush wasn't able to have that much success taking uh, Ferreira down and controlling him I don't think that Gregor Gillespie is going to do so either I definitely think that Gillespie is going to take Ferreira down but I don't think he's going to control him for very long I think Ferreira is going to be constantly standing up and Gillespie is going to have to likely take him down multiple times and it's possible that Gillespie just grinds him out just keeps taking him down never lets him off the hook, just keeps control, keeps dragging him back down to the floor and wins the fight. But it's also possible that when Ferreira stands up from those takedowns, he's able to get back to the distance striking where he should have a distance striking advantage over Gillespie. Gillespie's a decent offensive boxer, but he does not have very good defense at all. He kind of just willingly walks into punches and he really struggled with the jab of Kevin Lee in his last fight. So the distance striking should favor Carlos Diego Ferreira, but it's really about who's coming forward because when Ferreira's coming forward, he's very effective. We saw that in the Tyson all fight. But when he's moving backward, when he's getting pressured on the feet, he can be outstruck like we just saw in his last fight against Benil Daryush. This is a tough fight to pick because I think that Ferreira is the better overall skilled fighter. He's more well-rounded but I think he's going to have a tough time stopping Gregor Gillespie's bread and butter and that's his wrestling and I will be picking Gregor Gillespie to win the fight via decision. It's going to happen similar to what I said earlier is that Gillespie's going to keep taking him down. Ferreira's going to stand up, but Gillespie's not going to let him off the hook, and he's just going to keep dragging him back down to the floor. I don't expect Gillespie to have a lot of ground and pound or submission attempts, but he's just going to be hitting takedowns. He's going to be controlling Ferreira, and he likely grinds out a close decision. I wouldn't be too mad at Ferreira pulling off the upside here. I'm a big fan of CDF, but I just don't really love this matchup for him. But in terms of money line bets, I probably would say that it's dog or pass at this price. And if you want to bet Gillespie, just bet him by decision. I think it would be very hard for Gillespie to finish CDF. And I think that if Gillespie wins, it's going to be by decision. So Gillespie decision at plus money is probably better than his money line. And I'm picking Gillespie to win by decision. The next fight takes place in the heavyweight division. We have Marcos Jogiro de Lima as the minus 185 favorite, taking on Maurice Green as the plus 160 underdog. This line is somewhat accurate in my opinion, I do agree with Lima being around 60-63%, but he's approaching 65% now and it's probably getting towards dogger pass territory, the time to bet to Lima has passed, his price was much better throughout the week. Honestly I think both these guys are pretty bad fighters and betting on a money line side is pretty risky, the striking should be close between them, I think Lima has a boxing advantage. Especially considering that Green just doesn't block punches at all and has a pretty weak chin. But Green does have some length. He can use his jab, his front kick. And if it's at kicking range, then Green should be winning the striking exchanges. But if it's in close, if it's in the pocket, in that boxing range, then Lima should be the one landing punches and possibly rocking and knocking out Green. I could see, honestly, either guy knocking each other out in round one. So the fight ends by round one knockout at plus 300 at FanDuel. For either guy to win by round one knockout, I think that's a pretty good bet. And getting over to the grappling between these two delima is definitely the better grappler we've seen him hit takedowns keep top position we actually saw him hit multiple takedowns and win a decision with his grappling against with just about two years ago we also have seen green put on his back multiple times in his ufc career and he can attack submissions off his back but he's not a very good grappler overall and I think that Dilema should have a slight striking advantage here and a pretty massive grappling advantage if Delima is able to hit takedowns. So the pick for me is going to be Dilema. I think he probably gets it done in round one. But if this fight makes it out of round one, both these guys are prone to slowing down, gassing out. Dilema gassed out against Struve. Uh, Green was really tired against Volante not that long ago. It's going to get real ugly if it gets past round one here. So be aware of this fight. I don't think either guy is a safe bet at their money line price. It's dogger pass where the money line is currently at. And I kind of like that knockout round one prop. So I'll probably end up with a small bet on that. But the pick, let's go with round one knockout for Lima. The next fight takes place in the welterweight division. We have Jeff Neal as the minus 200 favorite. Taking on Neil Magney as the plus 170 underdog. This line is about accurate. I do cap Jeff Neal around 65% in this fight. The line right now is at 67%. So I guess it is getting towards dogger pass territory. But this is going to be a tough matchup for Neil Magney. He's likely going to need to get the fight in the clinch like he does most of his fights. If the fight stays at range and these two exchange distance strikes, I think that we're going to see Jeff Neal be the much cleaner, more powerful striker. And Neal's defense at range just hasn't looked good lately. And he's going to probably be in danger of getting knocked out at distance. So Neal's going to be looking to get the fight in the clinch. He's going to be looking to hit takedowns, those trip takedowns he loves hitting. But Jeff Neal's takedown defense has looked pretty good. We saw him defend a lot of lower body uh, takedowns versus Bilal Muhammad. But he was able to get pushed against the fence pretty easily in that fight. He did spend a lot of time with his back to the cage. So it's very possible that Magny is able to just walk his way into the clinch, tie Jeff up, make the fight really boring and grind him out against the cage, land some clinch strikes. But it's just hard to rely on a fighter to win the fight in that manner. Of clinching and controlling and not really doing much damage. I think it's very unlikely that Neil Magny does much damage to Jeff Neal here. He's not the better striker at range. He's not really known for landing much ground and pound or going for submissions. So, if Neil Magny wins the fight, it's going to be really boring via controlling, clinching, grappling. While Jeff neil has a much better chance to win the fight emphatically, landing damaging strikes, hurting Neil Magny with punches, and possibly even getting a knockout at range. So. I like Jeff Neal in this spot. He should be the much better distance striker, and as long as he can avoid getting pushed against the cage, clinched up for long periods of time, he should win these rounds by landing the more damage pretty clearly, in my opinion. So the pick is Jeff Neal. I could see a knockout happen at some point, uh, but I'm going to go with decision to be safe. I think every time that Neal Magny gets hurt, he's just going to dive in for the clinch, to waste some time, and this fight is likely not going to be very good, so... The pick is Jeff Neal via decision. Where the line is at now, I'd say it has gotten a dog or past territory, so maybe look for some Jeff Neal decision props or something. Maybe the over two and a half here, uh, but I'm picking this fight to go the distance and not be very exciting. And Jeff Neal is going to get the decision victory. The next fight takes place in the welterweight division. We have Donald Cerrone as the minus 185 favorite taking on Alex Morono as the plus 160 underdog. This line is pretty accurate where it's at. We have Morono coming in on short notice to replace Diego Sanchez. Cerrone hasn't won a fight in his past five fights, even though he's been fighting much better competition. This is definitely a huge step down in competition in Morono, and that's why you see Cerrone favored for the first time in a long time. Even though I do cap Cowboy in the 60 to 65 percent range, I definitely would not recommend betting him at minus 185. He's just too deep into his career to trust at that minus 185 price tag. And the last time that Cerrone has really justified that price was against Ally Quinta in a five-round fight about two years ago. So I just can't trust Cerrone at that price. Even though I do like him in this matchup, Cerrone should be the better striker of the two. Morono has decent striking, good output, but I just think we're going to see a difference in striking caliber between these two. And Cerrone should be landing the better shots and picking Morono apart. But Morono is tough. He's going to come forward. And he's going to put up volume. Morona could realistically win the striking by just putting up more volume and being more aggressive and having higher output than Cerrone, but I think that's a bit unlikely. I think if Morona wants to win, he's probably going to have to mix in some takedowns and some control time like he did against Anthony Pettis. If you remember Morona's last fight, he took down Pettis in round one, he got a back take, he won round one pretty clearly, but then he looked very flat and just got outstruck for the past two rounds uh, very clearly, so I think something like that could happen here and Morona might start round one well. But considering he's also coming in on short notice, I think rounds two and three start to favor Don Cerrone. Especially when you consider Cerrone's last fight against Nico Price, who I consider to be a much more dangerous opponent than Alex Morono uh Cerrone had a tough round one he lost the round absorbed some big shots but his durability looked good he didn't look very fragile and he came on ra- uh, strong in rounds two and three and had competitive rounds with Nico Price so if Donald Cerrone was able to do that just six or seven months ago he should be safe to beat Alex Morono here but minus 185 I would not get involved at that price it's a tough fight to bet I don't really like any bets for this fight but I am going to be picking Cerrone to win a pretty comfortable decision um uh, possibly 30 27 29 28 at the minimum surrounding decision is the pick the next fight is the main event of the card in the women's flyweight division we have marina rodriguez as the minus 205 favorite taking on michelle watterson as the plus 175 underdog so this is a short notice main event put together on just about two weeks notice and both of these women are fighting at 125 pounds even though they both typically fight at 115 pounds This is a pretty easy fight to break down in my opinion. Rodriguez is the better striker. She comes from that Muay Thai background. She has a very deep arsenal of offensive striking. Watterson is the better grappler of the two. Watterson looks to hit takedowns in most of her fights. A lot of those clinch takedowns, those body lock trips and stuff like that. She's not a great wrestler, but she can get the fight to the floor sometimes. She can't keep top position. And Marina Rodriguez's takedown defense is not very good. Her bottom game is very bad. She's been stuck on bottom for long periods of time against Random Marcos, Cynthia Calvillo, Carlo Esparza. Now, all three of those women are better wrestlers than Michelle Watterson, but Michelle Watterson still might be able to get those takedowns, those clinch trip takedowns that she gets. And she still might be able to win some rounds by just laying on top of Rodriguez, who has a pretty terrible bottom game. So that is a concern about Rodriguez. But in Michelle Waterson's last fight against Angela Hill, she went like 1 for 20 on takedowns. And even that one takedown she got, she didn't keep Angela Hill down for very long. So I think that Rodriguez should be able to stuff takedowns, should be able to escape bottom. But I think it's very possible that we could see her get taken down and stuck on bottom and lose rounds. So at minus 205 for a woman who could get taken down and lose the entire round, I would say it's a bit risky and I would advise passing at the current price. If you like Marina Rodriguez in this fight, just better by knockout. Knockout's like plus 400. If Rodriguez is winning, she's striking. If she's striking, she's likely gonna be landing the harder shots. And Watterson is hittable. And we could see Rodriguez land that power shot like she did on Rebos and knock her out at some point. Rodriguez also has just good elbows, good knees to the body. She can hurt her opponents to the body with her knees. She can cut her opponents with those elbows. So Rodriguez is capable of finishing the fight in a few different ways on the feet. And I think that Rodriguez knockout is probably the best bet of the fight for me. In terms of money line, I would say it's or pass. The value is on Watterson at this point. Who knows what kind of shape these women are going to come in. Both of them are coming in on short notice. And apparently, Rodriguez had some pretty rough travel schedule as well. I think she just got to the fight uh, on like Thursday morning or something like that. So she could be jet lagged. She could be feeling that travel from the past week. So. It's a really tough fight to bet and predict because it was thrown together on such short notice, but I will pick Marina Rodriguez uh, via late TKO rounds 3-4-5 TKO. This is not a confident pick though. This fight was put together on short notice. It could go a lot of different ways and I will go with a pick towards Rodriguez 3-4-5 and maybe I'll end up with a bet on Rodriguez knockout, but the fight could go a lot of different ways and I don't have an extremely confident read on this one, so be careful. Rodriguez round 4 TKO is the pick. And that is going to do it for this episode of the Martian MMA Podcast. We analyzed, predicted, and discussed the betting odds for all 10 UFC fights going down tomorrow night. Make sure you check my official track bets for the event on Bet MMA Tips. You can find that in the YouTube description, my Twitter profile, or just search Google Martian MMA Bet MMA Tips. I have won on four straight events in a row. I've won on six of the past seven events. So we're on a pretty good streak. Make sure you're tracking those bets. Make sure you follow me on BetMMA. And thank you all for listening. Hope you all enjoy the fights this weekend. Hope you all win some bets. And I'll see you before UFC 262 next week. Peace.